hello everyone. Welcome to the <laughs> Armchair Network. Uh, my name is Scott. This is Jason. We have a uh, tentative name now, Armchair Network. Yep. We'll be able to find it on the iTunes podcast app. Um, How about SoundCloud? Well, I'm putting SoundCloud onto podcast app. This guy knows his so stuff. So it could be both. You can find it on both. Uh, we're still trying to figure out how to upload everything and get a logo and a theme song, which we're going to talk about today. Yeah, we appreciate everyone's feedback. We were uh, just saying, you know, um, uh, you know, these are just test runs. So things like the real world not being a great subject, we understand. That's why it's in a test run. It may, may be a great subject for us, <laughs> which we're still going to talk about in the long run. But we understand that you don't need a half hour. Maybe, maybe I'll we'll keep it to the second segment, and you can decide whether or not you want to listen to it. Yeah. So, but but ultimately, we really do appreciate the feedback. And uh, today we have a couple things on tap. First, we're going to talk some football. We're going to talk some some stuff that happened here in LA. Um, we're going to talk about our teams um, and what's going on around the NFL a little bit, and then. Uh, after that, what do we have? We're going to do the Golden Globes, uh, which happened on Sunday night, that uh, we have a lot of opinions about. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, we're going to follow up. Our last subject is a review of a restaurant that neither of us has been to. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting last segment. Let's just put yeah. it that way. So to start off, we, uh, over, the, over the last week, Jason uh, hit me up and said... I think we should each come in with a couple songs. Since we have no theme song to open up our podcast, we want to. We don't want to open up with "Hi, I'm Scott and I'm Jason." You know, we want to do an, a song that sets the tone. So uh, we each brought a couple songs to the table today. We're going to test them out. We're going to see where where our opinions lie, and, and then we'll pick one, and then we'll figure out if it's legal to even put it on. There. <laughs> it won't be. Let's just so, go ahead and so say. We'll, so we'll email us and tell us to take it down, and then we'll. I have to do this again. Come up with another song. Okay, so so let me let me ask you: When you were coming up with your song ideas, what uh, what were some of your criteria? Um, my main criteria was recognizable to okay. the audience. Okay, like a mass recognizable song that people can like get into a good mood about, sing along to before they get into us. Something that makes them happy. All right. And then uh, my second criteria was things that I like. Okay. Um, mine were, I just, I wanted the first 20 seconds to, I wanted the opening, the first 20 seconds to be very, to set a tone. Those were the things that I was thinking about. Uh, secondly, I guess my, um, you know, I guess my other, what was that? Oh. I gotta turn off my phone. Yeah, there you go. I'm really bad at this. Uh, <laughs> secondly, um, I guess I was just thinking about. Um, I didn't think about recognizability. I did think about whether or not it could be played. So I have I my first three that I did originally were all songs that didn't have any copyright. But then I was like, no one's gonna know what this is. So. Oh yeah, did you go onto that Moby site and download <laughs> some of those weird Moby songs? <laughs> I already have those downloaded. Uh, so, yeah. So Here, use these. But they're awful. <laughs> they're not awful. But, but, so we each have three that we're going to put out there. 
You, you want me to go first? You want to go yeah, first? Yeah, I think you should go first. Okay. So this is yours, my. Yours going to be a little bit more obscure, I think. We don't know what, what each other has picked. Yeah, yeah. This I'm is pretty a, sure that it's going to be. You're just going to be a little bit more. Jason wanted the audience to get to know us a little bit at the beginning of each episode. I think nothing says it better than music taste right off the bat <laughs> and what we think of each other's music taste. Oh, great. <laughs> this is going to be. So I will probably. <laughs> if you were going to guess what I would put up, what would you say? Uh, Oasis. When do I listen to Oasis? Dude, you were just talking how you wanted to see that documentary. I don't know. <laughs> Usually, like, when you see something, it sticks in your mind. You okay. go back to listen. All right. So what else were you thinking? Um, some hip-hop, which would be good. Um, some sort of techno. Um, let, me, let me stop you right there, my friend. Because my first pick was a recent um, mashup I heard of. The uh, Beastie Boys and Daft Punk. All right. Where they, it, it's, it, uh, 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 the artist is named Daft Science. That's what it's called. It's a mixture of the Beastie Boys and Daft Punk. And it's a lot of moving parts. And I figured that sounded a lot like our first podcast. So, so this we're gonna, is. We're going to play like 20 seconds of each song. Yeah. So this is my first, my first choice. Here you go. Both have head nods, so that's a good idea. So, wow, well, I like a good mashup. It's a good mash. Yeah, I thought you thought you'd like that. Um, yeah, me and you have very different yeah. first songs. I'd prefer you didn't talk over it uh, at the end there, but that's okay. <laughs> well, it's going to play most of the entirety if we pick it. But I did like it. Oh, I think we did. All right. So that's. A, I thought that was a good twenty-second opening. It's a little sporadic and all over the place. The way that. Um, the way our podcast has been, so right. let's let's hear your your first choice. My first song is from a classic '80s band called Huey Lewis in the News. I could have guessed you didn't ask me. to dip <laughs> you know it's funny because you mentioned something about one of your criteria being recognizability i don't know if i've ever heard that song what i know about 20 huey lewis songs that is not one of them oh my god that's retarded is that off sports uh i don't know it's on the uh greatest hits I, i'm not gonna <laughs> I, I don't know all the uh huey lewis fight well my heart okay uh, well, my second choice is, uh, again, it's just the opening. I kind of thought it felt, I felt like I, it's a song I always liked. Uh, this is a Tribe Called Quest. Let me see. I, I thought that was going to play. Oh, I guess I hit the, all right, here we go. This is my second choice right here. Two, what is this? The 
That is the loudest that that. Oh, I guess I could have turned up a little bit. But you get the point. I love Tribe Called Quest, although me and you have different opinions on the new album. It's true. Um, I like that song. It's good. Okay. What I, made you pick that? I like the microphone check one too. What is okay. this? You know, I thought that that kind of came in nice. Um. So just to stay with whatever you thought I was going to do, I've got one hip hop techno and one hip hop. All right. <laughs> uh, this is a little, uh, my next one, I don't know if you're going to like, it's by The Pretenders, and uh, it's called Middle of the Road. And you're going to, I don't know. Okay. So that's my second one. That fits that fits what we're going with. I yeah. can see why you'd pick that. I think it's got the right tempo. Um, all right. Well, I, I also like to say that I, I thought I picked one for us in that first one. One for me in the second. And then one for you at the third. Uh, <laughs> one for me? Yeah, one for you. Oh, that's nice. To get yeah. there, I, I went a little long on there. I'm sorry, but at first, one at the beginning, I thought it was going to be telephone line, which actually I had on my list. Oh, new edition? No. Oh, Mr. Telephone Man? Yeah. Oh no. Okay. The telephone line. I don't even know. Yeah, the song that Billy Madison when he's putting the <laughs> lipstick on. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, where are you? <laughs> I've been all right. I mean, all the phone things, I guess, are kind of thrown out since we don't take phone calls. We're not live, but anyway. This might be the winner, though. Okay. Paying homage to one of the uh, funniest movies of all time and one of the funniest guys of all time. (laughs) My third song is this. Tommy boy <laughs> throwback. Do you really think that's going to win? It might. I don't know. 
Okay. Well, we got some things to discuss. If you have your opinions, we'd love to to hear from you. And let us know if you had any other suggestions. Although, that's probably opening a whole new can that we don't really want. Right? Eh. You guys can chime in. We may just may not <laughs> It's going to be it. so much disappointment. <laughs> it's just ready. We're just ready for the disappointment. Um, all right. So, thank you for listening to that. Now we'll get into our first subject to enlighten you about, which will be... Some news came out today. Some... A couple things. Breaking news. Breaking news on the podcast. Although no one's going to, it's going to be over by the time people start hearing this. (laughs) Uh, What's the breaking news? Breaking news. Chargers moving to Los Angeles. That's the first news. Okay. And they're going to be playing in that Carson Stadium with 27,000 people. Have you ever been to that stadium? No. I've been to two games there. Okay. Uh, Not a lot, not very noticeable how few people are there. Um, well, I think with it only being 27,000 people, I mean, it's going to be hard to not bring people there. Depends. Do you know what they're looking at charging? No, but... It's I'm, a lot. I'm guessing that they're going to be paying. They're going to try to make up... Yes, they're going to be overcompensating. From, that's my understanding. My inside sources say they're going to be overcompensating. And who's going to want to pay for a shitty Chargers? It's going to be the away teams. I mean, I don't know yeah. the Chargers play now. I don't either. We got to look that up. That's my first thought. Um, but yeah, um, you know, do you have any? What are your thoughts on this? I don't know if LA needs two shitty teams. It'd be nice if one team was good. Um, but it's, it'll be interesting when they share the stadium. And I'm a Giants fan, so Jets and Giants share the stadium. Um, but. I don't know. L.A. doesn't even want football. I know. <laughs> well, th- I mean, I know it's like a financial thing for the league, like being in Los Angeles and like, you know, they're going to have Super Bowls and all this stuff. And they want, if you're going to do that, you might as well have teams in the area. <laughs> so um, it's just an easy way to market L.A. as a football town, which it really isn't. Right. Um you know the thing with Spanos is, uh, you know what they're what what the Chargers have to pay to move to Los Angeles. I read this like five hundred. It's a six hundred. No, it's a six hundred fifty million dollar relocation fee. But he's paying it over. He's, yeah, he's well, got a payment plan. It's five fifty if you pay it up front. That's what the Rams said, or six fifty over ten years. But here's the thing. All they needed to do was renovate that stadium. All they needed to do, but if they, if he was going to spend six hundred fifty million dollars, just spend it renovating that crummy stadium. San Diego doesn't want them there. No, it's not that San Diego doesn't want them there. It's that San Diego doesn't want to pay. They don't want to pay taxes to build some guy a stadium who's worth two point one billion dollars. But San Diego Chargers Stadium, anytime you've ever been or seen it on TV. Attracts more away people, fans, than it does home fans. It's because it's a terrible stadium. But if you make it, if you make it, look, I'm not saying people that. People don't care. I don't think that that's what, what drove them away. I think it's the fact that people weren't going to pay for this guy to have a new stadium. And, and I think that you'll see Atlanta just paid for a new stadium. Minnesota just paid for a new stadium. That's going to be good for a few years while they're relevant. And then what? Like. How long ago was the Georgia? You know, what I mean, like, you, you know, 
at what point do you stop letting these really rich guys, I mean, this is life, but what point do you stop letting these really rich guys um, dictate whether or not your city can have football? You know, like, I, I don't know. It's, it's, you know, the reason, my, my question before is why would he pay the, the $650 million now rather than just, or to move rather than on his stadium? And the answer is because he has to see moving forward what that franchise is now worth to be in Los Angeles. And it's going to be worth more than it would be in San Diego. Right. And Especially with the new stadium. I mean, it, and so. Yeah, but that's not good for anybody. I mean, it's good for him, but it's not really good for anybody else, you know? Um, I don't know. I think it's... I don't think people in San Diego care as much. I think you're right. Like, I just talked to a friend on the way here about it, and he's like, oh, did they leave... He's a big football fan, and he's like, I just, I haven't been to a Chargers game in in twelve years, so he's like, whatever. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of people who do like it, and I think it's it's kind of BS that that uh, you ask your city to pay for something, and they say, no, you know what, we've got more important issues that we need to take care of. You're like, okay, well then, fine, I'm going to go somewhere else. Um, and he only has to pay $12 million to the stadium to get out of the lease. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's just good set up by him, yeah. I guess. But, um, you know, there's Darwinism where, you know, hey, you don't want him, we'll take him, and you know, we'll make them. But there's you have a – you're a team in a league, and the league is supposed to be looking out what for what is best for the league. And is it the best for there to be two teams in a city that doesn't care about one of them? Probably well, I, not. I think they're going to, now that Rivers is getting up in age, once Rivers is gone, they're going to try to build a market by bringing in fresh guys, someone that's a star in the college ranks. Yeah, that's I fine. Mean, they're going to start, once the stadium comes around in like three or four years, they're going to try to remarket their teams. Well, you know, right now they're marketing, I think it's Fight for LA, is there, if you go to, let me see, if you go to SanDiegoChargers.com. But I just put up, I just looked up the home games for Chargers. Bills, Broncos, Browns, Chiefs, Dolphins, Eagles, Raiders, and Redskins. Not not the best uh, home to begin How your come, time oh, in yeah. Los Angeles. Okay. I'm just going to go on a personal rant. How come the Giants and the Cowboys are playing away yeah, with the know. Rams it's and the Chargers? And they get the Eagles and Redskins. Yeah, whatever. Um, anyway, well, good luck, Chargers. Uh, what's the other big news that happened in L.A. Uh, football? Los Angeles has a uh, new coach, um, the Rams. And he's the offensive coordinator for the Redskins. Sean McVay. Yep. 30 years old, youngest coach. So what's his life like now? Oh, he's loving it. He's going to be just wheeling and dealing in Los Angeles, man. He's getting his Manhattan Beach apartment. I was going to say, is that where, you, where do you move to? <laughs> Definitely the beach, just chilling at the beach. Because it's going to be right by the stadium. The new stadium. But for yeah. now, you got to still go to the Coliseum and you're, you're up in like Woodland Hills for the river. I'm sure river. apartment. Okay. Um, but... Uh, it's still going to be a shitty team. He still has to deal with uh, Jared Goff and developing him. Let's see if he does the same as he did with Kirk Cousins. Right. Well, as a but what do you mean? 
he's a single 30-year-old man yeah. moving to L.A. to take on a pretty big role in, in the, like, I mean, like, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. He's going to be like a stud, like, managing all that stuff and going out at night and being like the talk of the town. I don't think he goes out that much. What do you think? I think he will. Okay. I mean, he was living in wherever the hell he was living in Washington and like Virginia somewhere. It's not very fun. You come to Los Angeles and there's going to be marketing events and all this stuff that he's going to go to and just be the man of the hour. And he's going to hang out with a bunch of hot chicks. <laughs> Wait, you don't think Washington's fun? No. no. Well, D.C. is fun. Yeah. But I mean, he probably doesn't live in D.C. Right. The stadium's what in Virginia somewhere. Okay, yeah. Or Maryland or wherever the hell it is, Virginia. Right. Uh, so he probably lives like in the suburbs of Virginia. It's probably not the funnest place. Uh, it's definitely a change. Let's just put it that way. Well, not today. Not not lately. <laughs> it's beautiful weather of, of Los it's Angeles. It's been raining a lot. Uh, and I will be the thousandth person to say it today. And you'll probably heard it by the end of the weekend how bad of drivers people are in the in the rain in L.A. Yeah, it's pretty awful. It was, I mean, it was, it was something else coming over here. And I'm not even a good driver. <laughs> so, um, so welcome, Sean McVay. Yeah. I'm sure we'll hear more stories about him once that, once he, uh, sows his Royal Oats, as they say, and around town. I guess so. Um, you know, I, I'll just speak, I'm a, I'm a Rams season ticket holder. Not a Rams fan, but a season ticket holder because I really love my seats. I don't know. I can't figure out if I'm going to hold on or not. I think you should. Why should I? Because it's a thing to do. <laughs> you yeah. love things to do. But you don't do it with me. I did it a couple times. <laughs> um, I'm, not, I'm a Giants fan, so I don't really want to go sit and watch a shitty game when I can be watching my team play on Sunday. A different shitty game. <laughs> Eleven and five. Just gotta say, this might be a segue. All right, let's segue. All right. All right. So you're happy with your season? <sighs> no. I mean, I am because they had did, a better did, season than last season. Did they exceed your expectations for this year? No, they didn't. Okay, because we did put money on the Giants to win the NFC East in the beginning of the year. Their offense was very disappointing. The beginning of the year, you would think that with all their offensive power, that they would add. That would have been their strong point. But what's all their offensive power? They've got two awesome receivers, and they have Victor. Who's the second one? Shepard. Okay. Uh, awesome? Yeah, he's awesome. Okay. He's going to be good. He's going to be... He, okay. I mean, he's going to be, like, an elite receiver in, like, two or three years. Um, and they have... But you think... Just disclaimer. You think that about every giant is going to be an all, all... No, that's not true. Yes, it is. But anyway, it was a very disappointing game versus the Packers. I mean, they were kicking the shit out of them. The Packers had seven yards of offense with like four minutes left in the second quarter, and then we all knew what happened uh, with the Hail Mary and then the horrible coaching decisions. What were the horrible coaching decisions? Putting Bobby Rainey in, like, when you go into the playoffs... You put in your best players. I want to see Dwayne Harris running kickbacks because that's what he's done all year. I do not want to see Bobby Rainey running a kickback 
or catching the ball on the four yard line and stepping out of bounds when it could have gone out of bounds and that just screwed up the whole uh, field position game. Um, and then you give it to Bobby Rainey on third and one um, when you have the UCLA running back Paul Perkins who's been having a pretty good last few games and has done pretty well in the game. You put in this third string guy to try to get you one yard in like an important time of the game. Just don't get it. Okay. All right. He's upset, folks. Uh, what did you now? You, you Odell Beckham Jr. dropping passes. Okay. There's two things there. One, uh, you said some bad coaching. Now, do you think McAdoo is a bad coach? Or do you think that that's just from inexperience and he's going to learn and he's going to – you have some faith in him? Where do you stand? Because this is a guy that wanted Tom Coughlin fired every year for the last 10 years. I think being an offensive coach and the way their offense was this year, that you could say he was not a good coach. But the 11-5 and record looks good for him. But really, Spagnola, our defensive coordinator – should get all the credit okay. for a lot of those wins. Okay. Uh, so the, go ahead. The, I don't know. The jury's out. Um, we all know about the extensive play call list that he's got, uh, that he needs to trim that up. Right. Maybe go with a smaller list. Right. Um, and then I don't like all the Eli Manning bashing that's been going on this week. I've been kind of just staying away from it. Oh, I haven't heard any Eli bashing. Yeah, GM coming out and saying that he was on the back nine of his career and that the Giants were going to look past Eli. Not the best way to end a season. I don't know. I get that he's 36, but, I mean, really, what's out there? Who do you replace him with? let Let me tell you with love, sometimes it's okay to let go. I'm still working through my own with that. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, my last thing I want to ask you about that was you also referred back to your your uh, diva wide receiver um, and, and dropping some passes. And I wonder if you think that maybe um, one of the things your coach did this year was he, he let your receiver get away with a little too much, let him kind of run things. Do things his way? Are you happy with that? Does that bother you? It seemed like it was a distraction, not a... Well, I don't think the Giants have had a player like this since, like, Lawrence Taylor. I'm sure there was one or two in between them, but that was just like, I'm just doing whatever the hell I want. And then he's going to have to change some stuff up, which I think he will next season after reflecting on everything in this off season. Um, but yeah, I don't know. All I know is McAdoo called three plays in a row passes to a tight end. When you have got Odell Beckham Jr. That can take the ball in five yards and score a touchdown. Well, but you saw that they had like five guys on Odell at a given time. They could, have, they could have ran some plays. Um, to get him open. But so you don't have a problem with him letting Odell run Ruckshaw in your... No, I do. He needs a little bit more structure for sure. And I think that's going to... So... There's going to be some changes this offseason. So where do you come out with the whole boat scandal? I don't care about the boat. Even though he dropped the passes and... I don't think it has anything to do with it. Okay. Day off. They can go party. They're making millions of dollars. They're like really young. 
Um, but here's the question. They can go do whatever they want, but should they go? I don't really care. They were on, they were at practice on Tuesday, spent a whole week practicing. They've been practicing all year. You just got into the playoffs. You get like a, everyone gets like a bonus for getting into the playoffs. So, But isn't the playoffs the time you should really be buckling down? Like, I'm not disagreeing with you because I get it. But I'm just asking. I don't think it affected their play. Okay. On Sunday. That wasn't what did it. The Hail Mary at the end of the half just took the wind out of everything. That made him drop passes? Yeah, that made him drop passes. <laughs> I just I can't stand Odell, so I have, uh, I have, I'm just trying to pick at it. I don't think it's you really... You can't stand him, but you would want him on your team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, we've got our own Odell. This is not as Odell. But our own, uh, I'm a Cowboys fan, so we'll move forward into yeah, that. We'll move into that. Um, and so now that the Giants season's over, and this is the beginning of the Cowboy playoff run, how are you feeling about playing the team that the Giants just lost to? Well, I'm, re- I'm very, I'm very nervous. Uh, Rogers is looking pretty. Yeah, that guy's on fire. I mean, that guy, that second half, that guy didn't miss. You know, um, it's hard to, it's hard to be confident in, in something like that. Um, with the rookies and and everything. I mean, here here's how the Cowboys to me the Cowboys can beat the Packers if they can control the clock. They can keep running the ball, you keep giving to Zeke, and can control the clock, and you force them uh, to keep their offense off the field and their defense on the field. Then that's that's the the recipe for a Dallas winning this. Um, and don't let up Hail Marys. Well, I don't know if that's. <laughs> Trust me, your D backs are a lot better than ours, so I don't know if that uh, if, if there's a play to stop that. Um, oh, and by the way, you're welcome for taking out Jordy Nelson. For I the, know there's there's that breaking some. Jordy I don't Nelson I don't ribs. wish injury on anybody. I feel I'm a big karma person. I don't ever, you know. I hope he feels better. Just I just hope he feels like a lot better on Monday. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, that's that's a big big deal. You know, I was. Debate who I'd rather see because, as I've said to you a hundred times, hard to beat a team three times in the same year. But you beat us twice. Um, I don't know. You know, it's uh, I'm not a big as we were saying before about letting your your guy go. I'm a big Romo guy. I cried during his last drive on week seventeen. So, do you think that Prescott stays in the entire game regardless yes, of what happens? I do. I do. Um, I mean, unless he gets hurt, unless something like that happens. Does Romo take any snaps in that game? I don't see. I don't think so. You know, like, that's the other thing. We started talking about expectations. We've already exceeded. Dallas has already exceeded expectations. Sure. I know, like, now you're supposed to, you know, they're 14-2 they're or 13-3. Like, you should get, you know, you should. But no one was expecting it to be the other way on that, you know. If you were hoping for 8-8. Eight and eight, And so... I don't know. I don't think you mess with what's going on. I hate to say it. I don't even like being on record saying it. Like, I don't <laughs> like that that's out there. But, you know, that's because cause Romo's my guy. But you got to... <sighs> I don't know. Don't Just don't ask me if it would be, if it'd be better with him or without him. Because I, I like the, the fact that Romo takes chances. Well, I mean, we won't talk about Romo's destination until it actually happens in, okay. like, in a couple months. Um, but you know what? The one thing I wanted to, to 
to move this segue into with the Cowboys is I think that I was just having this conversation that the Cowboys and the Steelers and Packers and Patriots kind of saved the NFL this year because when we were talking about building a stadium and interest in the NFL product, the NFL product this year has been pretty bad. When you say like the NFL was a kind of a stinky year and they're saying, you know, According to the numbers. According to the numbers. But, like, were you... There has com- been some really bad teams. Did you find this year as compelling... Like, this has been the least compelling year to me other than my own team. You know what I mean? Um, and the thing that's going to that's gonna be interesting is, say you get a Patriots-Cowboys Super Bowl. Or a, if you get Steelers-Patriots-Cowboys or... I think the league definitely wants Patriots-Cowboys. Yeah, they do. It'll, it'll be the but if they got the Steelers or Packers, they're pretty happy, too. Those are pretty big fan bases. You get... It's going to be a huge rating in this end game, and it's everyone's going to forget what a, like what a subpar season it's been because in the end you're going to have these great ratings, and it's the same thing that just happened to me for me in, in college football. I, I felt like college football was pretty. I don't know. It was it was very uncom- not it wasn't very compelling all year, and then you know I was just saying right before New Year's, I was like, God, college football is in trouble because of the guys sitting out, and they're exposing a big problem with college football. And then you have the Rose Bowl, which is just awesome. Great game, yeah. And then you have that national championship game. And now I'm just going to forget, like, oh, well, like, there's also 35 other bowls that were just unwatchable. And and I really thought that the system was going to get blown up because when you start having these guys like McCaffrey, uh, like McCaffrey and, uh, and Fournette sitting out, um, it, it exposes how meaningless these games are. Uh, I was wondering what are your thoughts on, on that old I mean, I think that's a whole discussion for another time. But, oh. but I feel like these guys aren't getting paid in college. I, I have conflicting d- things about this because okay. when you sign on to play for a team and they're going to pay for your um, education and you're going to play for that school, you should you're you're owing them something. And, you know, they, a lot of times they like, they want to win these bold games and they expect you to be there. But on the other hand, like the tight end from Michigan, who was like the leading tight end prospect that was going into the draft, he goes into the game and blows out his knee and now he's going to have bad draft. He's going to drop in the draft. I mean, he has insurance and everything, but he wants to make more money. Would you rather make... $4 Four million dollars because you can't play again, or like a contract worth like twenty five million, but because you get picked in the first round. Now this guy's going to drop out of the first round, right? I mean, so these guys aren't going to play these bowl games with the chance that they're not going to be able to make the money that they want to make, right? But are you, you know, where's your sense that like? And I'm not disagreeing because I'm with you. I'm conflicted. It definitely about it as waters well. down the bulls because you want to when you watch these things, you want to see the best players. And like I forget about what your university is doing for you because they're just you know in, in the, those cases they're just making a lot of money off of you. Um, but what you're doing with your team is you're letting I, I've heard this conversation you're letting your team down. Like you signed on for the year. I mean, right, you, you play the year with your team yeah. to the other guys on your team. Um, but at the same time. You know, like that. You're right. That's a lot to ask of a kid to to sit out to go play some meaningless game. It's an interesting, you know, it's a thing with coaches. Is it okay for coaches to leave right before a bowl game? Like they do it all the time. 
why isn't it right for a kid to sit out? I don't have, I don't like either one, but I don't have a solution. But anyway, I thought that was going to blow up college football and people would be like, oh, we got to change the system. But then you have two great games at the end. And like I said, the Super Bowl, most likely, if the, any of those teams get into it, it's going to have great ratings and we'll all forget about it and everything will go back to normal. So. So bring that back to Cowboys. Oh, no, that's what I, I mean, that's just it. We're done, <laughs> right? That's our football segment. We need more. So you what do you think is going to be the outcome of your game this weekend before um, we move on? Well, I mean... What do you expect is going to happen? What do I expect to happen? Uh, like I said, I think if we can control the clock, we, you know, if we can keep our, our offense in the field and, and, and control the, the ground game... And how is your defense going to handle Rodgers? Uh, or is it just going to be like a scoring bonanza? No, I don't think it'll be... That's what, when, you, when you tire out the defense... When you keep your team, you keep you keep the the other offense out of rhythm. You know what I mean. So when you're when you can control the game, the other team's constantly playing catch up. They have to do things out of their norm, and especially when you lose your your best receiver, your go to guy to throw to, like your safety blanket, that disrupts everything. That's that's my hope. You know, I mean, I can see that happen. What do I expect? I expect Aaron Rodgers to go forty for forty two, for like six hundred <laughs> yards and five touchdowns. That's what I expect, you know, but I'm going to hope for less. But, uh, all right, well, yeah. good luck. Thank you, buddy. I know you don't really mean that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, on away from sports. Yeah, and then, um, we'll, we'll talk about the, the Golden Globes here. How was, uh, how was your, what was your overall thoughts on the Golden Globes? How'd you, how'd you come out? My overall thought is they like new people. Yep. Regardless of, What's going on um, in terms of, like, who's better? Like, um, Donald Glover winning Best Actor. Not sure I agree with that, but it was a brand new show and that people, like, like the show. And I do believe it should have won Best Show. But as he was just playing himself. He was just walking around and talking. Oh, that's interesting. I was so happy that he won that I – because I thought that was the best show. Uh I was so happy he won. I didn't even think about that. He shouldn't have. Uh, you're right. He does just play himself. Do you remember who else was nominated? I'm looking it. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, let's see. Don't, okay, so he went against Anthony Anderson. Okay, he uh, kind of plays himself too. Uh, I guess Tra- Jeffrey Tambor. He does not play himself. Nick Nolte, Graves, Mozart of the Jungle. I don't want a b- brutal. Uh, Brutalize his name, Gal Garcia Bernal, and Donald Glover. I guess the uh, category wasn't as big as I thought it was. <laughs> like, still, I'm not I don't think yeah. he. I wouldn't say that's like an amazing acting and performance. This comedy, okay. Um, but I did love my favorite thing about his speech, which I wanted to get your take on. Is his first thing that he said was, "I grew up in a house where magic was not allowed." So to to me, you guys are magic. Okay. Why is Danny Glover not allowing magic in his house? <laughs> That's what I want to know. I, I, don't, I, I Mel Gibson. I don't know. Mel Gibson. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that was weird that magic wasn't allowed in his house. Okay. 
You got nothing? I had nothing. I don't know. I, uh, I wasn't sure if Danny Glover was his dad. It is. Yeah, it's his dad. Are you 100% positive? No. I knew it! <laughs> I was sitting there and I was playing dumb because I was like, is that his dad? There's Danny Glover is not his dad. Oh, my God. I think it is. No. Um, wow. So, <laughs> you, probably should, it up. you probably should have done some research before you made your big question of why... Uh, here we go. Um, well, while, while you're looking it up, um, I am, you know, I, I thought Atlanta was the best show this year. Like my, this is probably my favorite show. I thought it was a uh, very good show. Yeah. Uh, have you found out yet? I'm just trying to pander. No. Um, you haven't found out or it's not his dad. I'm guessing it's not his dad. It's not his dad. Okay. Cause I'm sitting here like, God, I, I thought I knew that. You know what? I should just have a little more confidence in these things. But I just figured you did some research. Oh, I, I thought it was his dad. I'm sorry. Okay. No, no. His dad's Crispin Glover. <laughs> his dad didn't want any damn hands around him. You know what I'm saying? The foreign press really liked Night Manager. Oh, you're just going to move on. I'm moving that. on. I'm moving oh, on. my God. Next next uh, week, I'll do a little bit more research on people's families. <laughs> <laughs> Why does Donald Glover's dad, whoever he is... Why doesn't Donald Glover like magic? Ooh, yeah, I don't know. So, they really liked The Night Manager, but didn't nominate it for Best... They nominated, it won every acting award. Yeah, did you see The Night Manager? I did. What did you think of I it? I liked it a lot, except for a couple story points. Okay. It's only like, what, six episodes? Six episodes. So those story points are probably pretty big ones, because I had the, probably the same problem. Like... I love the pilot of that. I thought it was awesome. I loved Tom Hiddleston as like the every like the night manager. That's what he is. He's just caught up in this situation. I don't like week two Tom Hiddleston who can all of a sudden kill people yeah, with his I, bare hands. That was my biggest problem. It's a huge problem. They just jumped ahead and all of a sudden he's like kicking everybody's ass and yeah. he's like 110 pounds. But I thought that they both were very good in it. Um, I thought Hugh Laurie's speech was was good. I like, you know, without getting into the what politics of Tom Hiddleston's speech. Well, that's probably my favorite moment of the entire show. It was terrible, right? That's one of the worst speeches. That's one of the most so unaware, like... He's totally just ruining his James Bond thing. Oh, he's done. I mean, I don't know, like, how much everybody else didn't like it. But watching it, I was cringing as I was... I just couldn't believe um, that you're saying that... This is for the people of Sudan who you were helping got to see your show and you got to bring a smile to their face with your gun smuggling, <laughs> murderous six episode show. Just bizarre. Did you see his apology? I did. Uh, it was like, yeah, he totally knew he was like just a mess. Yeah. Um, but you know the thing is it's not even the the speech it's like that at some point he sat down and 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 outlined that those are the things he's going to say I'm going to tell them that I work with kids in Sudan I'm going to tell them that those Sudan people like the night manager <laughs> and that we made them happy because of it and you're like I don't know pal I don't know I listen I don't think I got a lot going on in common with Tom Hiddleston either you know we talk about guys like I don't think if Tom Hiddleston and I were, were hanging out. We'd have a lot in common. But uh, I'm pretty sure I would have a problem if he came to me with that speech and I'd say, I don't know, Tom. So to recap, 
between him and Taylor. Just Taylor Swift dating publicity for publicity in this speech. He's pretty much out on James Bond. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I guess so. <laughs> there was a lot of talk about the only reason he was dating Taylor Swift is to become more popular in the in the public eye. To get that show. People have done less. Yeah. Um, Tracy Ellis Ross thought that was a, that was a great, great moment. Yep. Glad she won. She's friggin' hilarious. She's good. Um, the Crown won two awards. I've actually seen The Crown. Oh, you have? Okay. Pretty boring. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't understand how that wins. It's just people it love it. I don't know. Um, it does. It is, it is interesting politically wise in terms of how much basically the queen has no power, can do nothing. Okay. So the whole show is her saying that she wants something done and them coming back to her and telling her that they've ruled uh, against her. Okay. That's like the whole show, every minute. And it never... You think she's going to get some sort of victory, but she doesn't. Okay. Um, but for that to win best show is pretty crazy. I'm, I'm going to see. Okay. It, it, it beat Game of Thrones, which... Probably the best the year of Game of Thrones. is everyone in the world loves that show. Yeah, it was it was and it was the best season because when they moved past the books it all of a sudden became more cinematic and we had some stories that we all got behind. It was the last two episodes of Game of Thrones were two hours of the two of the best hours of my life. I agree. Okay. Stranger Things? I got some I'm I'm in I'm in and out of Stranger yeah. Things. I got some but it's good. This is us. I'm I'm halfway through. And Westworld, which I don't think Westworld should be nominated, but I like the show. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. They like to bring in new things. Sure. These 100 people. We got to remember that the foreign press is like 100 people that are voting on these things. They want to be like when you play fantasy football, the guy that drafts the rookie because you want to be right about him being good. Yeah. Like, so you'll throw a flyer on five different rookies. In Second the... round, you're taking a guy who, like, everyone's like, oh! Yeah. And then you, like, you hope he blows up so you can talk shit. That's good. That's, yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, and then her winning Best Actress, I mean, whatever. It's just... Who? Uh, Claire Foy from The Crown. Well, you, oh, okay. I mean, she was good, but I don't know. Okay. That, that show just doesn't need to be nominated and win win things. Um, but I guess Netflix, which is a topic that you wanted to talk about at some point, just has so much money that The Crown is the highest priced budget show that they've ever done. Okay, it's cost like 120 million dollars or something to do. Uh, so I guess when you have a lot of money, you have a lot of money to influence getting nominated. By public, you know, publicity and all that stuff. But. Okay. What did you think of our, uh, you know, after our nice segment last week on La La Land, where I guess I was a little too harsh? I actually did like the movie, even though I broke down all the things I didn't like about it. That tends to be something I do a lot. Um, what were your thoughts on it winning everything that it won? Um, congratulations to Ryan Gosling, because he's not even going to get any. He's... What did you think of his speech? I liked his speech. It was good. Like, seriously? Like, that guy needs more women to like him. He should have named, uh, I think Ava Mendez, like, commented on him not 
saying her name. Just uh, saying, like, my lady. Jeez. Well, come on, lady. That was, like, the best, <laughs> like the most, the nicest thing to say about someone when you're, like, everyone in the room is swooning over you and yeah. you say, hey, my lady. Da, da, da. Like, way to go. That guy, people should take notes on that guy. It's going to be interesting to see the carryover to the Oscars to see what traction all these people get for La La Land. Because Ryan Gosling is not going to beat uh, is not going to win the Oscar. He has no chance. Right. Um, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but what did you, did you see Moonlight? I have seen Moonlight. Did you think that was the best picture? Um, Drama? I haven't thought of what I think is the best picture. I haven't really, um, no, it's not my favorite, but I, I don't have a problem with it being best picture. Okay. It beat Hacksaw Ridge. Which I think it's better than... Hell or High Water. That I loved. Lion. It's probably my favorite. Manchester by the Sea. I thought it was better than that. Um, I didn't really like the end of Moonlight, but I did like Moonlight. Okay. I don't like the independent movie thing where the movie just ends. I want a little bit more resolution at the end. Um, all right. Well, I guess that's, see, it's subjective because I feel like he was becoming... He was getting like becoming okay with himself and that's a pretty big resolution um but okay i don't uh, know i just thought the ending was a little um too much. well let, let's going back to the show a little bit um do you what, what is there anything else that stood out to you uh the goldie Hawn coming out was i thought pretty funny and do you miss goldie Hawn? i love goldie Hawn. <laughs> I was thinking. I don't know I, who, but I, I, I think I just watched Burn on a Wire. I want more Kurt Russell than I do Goldie Hawn, though. Like I, the yeah. two of them, I just want. I, yeah, I'm a big fan of both of them. I'm interested to see the movie to see if she's going to be the funny Goldie Hawn. What's your favorite Goldie Hawn movie? Probably Overboard. Yeah, best scene in Overboard. Dinner, dinner, <laughs> dinner. Um, Overboard was really good. Okay, the Sofia Vergara thing. Can we just can we stop doing that? Yeah. That's so uncomfortable. It is. It was really bad. Like, every year she's got to come out and we got to make fun that she doesn't know English and she's got big boobs. Yeah. It's just a... Uh, yeah, I don't like it. Ugh. I'm, Kristen Wiig and... Um, Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Um, a lot of people didn't like it. Oh, really? I thought it was hilarious. Oh, it's hysterical. How could you not like that? I don't know. They just said it was too dark for the animated. It's not even death. The I know. Is I know. People. That's what people are saying. Um, what about the when people kept calling hidden figures, hidden fences? <laughs> yeah, it's called hidden racism. Uh, I mean, I feel bad. I'm sure it's not, but it's like okay, I gotta remember this one black movie, and this is, and then you combine them, and you're like. I mean, I feel bad for people that, like, it happens, but th- those like, are the I two like Sarah Paulson's uh, callback to Jimmy Fallon's comedy bit about Chris Rock. Um, uh, no one's gonna thank OJ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, um, okay, well, we, we could just do that. What, how'd Jimmy Fallon do? He was in it for, like, uh, two minutes. You're, like, a Jimmy Fallon apologist. That was terrible. He was in it for like two minutes. He was okay. Did you like the opening? Not especially. I mean, it was good if you saw La La Land, and it was funny. Or Stranger it Things. In. Yeah. Because when that girl came out of the pool, oh, like, the barn it thing. It took me like oh a little while. To oh, figure really? Out, figure out who that. Oh, was. I'm a 
I'm like, I followed the cult of Barb on the internet. The cult of Barb? Yeah. All right. Well, supposedly she's in the next season, so we'll see. Oh. Um, but, that's, I mean, it's tough when you lose that opening monologue when you're, you're, the teleprompter went out. Oh, God, that was... It was brutal. Jimmy Fallon's known <laughs> for being funny. Like, and for being, like, quick on his feet. Wasn't there. It was not there. Like, when that happened, he was just like, I don't know what to do. Uh, and then I guess, obviously, you know what? Like, I'm still in my life. I want less Timberlake. I'm sorry. I know everybody likes Timberlake. But he's in the opening with them. Like, he's not even in any... I mean, what? He's in Trolls. Well, anytime you have Jimmy Fallon now, you have to have no, Justin Timberlake. I don't want that. I don't want... I don't need Timberlake with my Fallon. It's like, I don't need... Um, raisins in with, with my cornflakes, you know. Um, that makes no sense, but that's raisin brand versus corn. Anyway, uh, the, and of course, the big thing was the Meryl Streep thing. Do you have any thoughts? Um, Viola Davis's speech was, I thought it was pretty good. Okay. Um, it's just, just can we just stop giving Meryl awards Boop. for things that? She's like, oh, she's not going to be. Win- she's not going to win Foster Florence Jenkins. So let's give her this other award. Okay. I feel like she wins an award like in every award show. She's Writers a- Guild, Directors Guild. She's winning awards. She was good though. But what did you think of her speech specifically? About co- doing being political and calling out. Yeah, Trump? the whole Trump thing. I just don't think actors need to be getting on soapboxes and. Especially if you're getting a Lifetime Achievement Award. It's about your past movies and awards. <laughs> but if this is your moment with all these people, like millions of people watching to say something. But anytime these celebrities have like a million, three million Twitter followers, everything they say or do is reported. She could say it at any point. All right. I, I liked what she said. I'm not going to try to get into the politics of it all because this is that's a whole different can of worms. But uh, I liked it, and uh, I like that she that said if it. You get rid of all the creative people, you'll have this boxing. Well, I thought the the whole thing about bullying. <laughs> yeah. um, I thought she shouldn't have said the, the and not even because I'm a sports fan, but there is some art to a lot of like specifically with uh, with mixed martial arts and all that kind of stuff. Well, I don't Dan, think it's Dana White came out and said. Oh, did he? I mean, but I don't know. Um, you know, I was listening to Howard was making fun. Did you hear Howard talk about it? He's like, how can you say that? And you're sitting next to Mel Gibson. She should have stood up and said, hey, Mel, and you too. Go fuck your, you know, like and gone through him. And then Denzel should have said, yeah, Mel, you suck. You know, like, but I'm like, he, like Robin was saying, Mel Gibson isn't going to be our next president. So him saying what he says isn't the same thing. I thought what she said was good about. Kind of like the bullying of the of the the press guy and everything. I thought I don't know. I just thought it was good. I think that it doesn't matter because the people that already dislike the people that already agree with her have already agreed with her, and they already yeah. like her, and they're already on board. And the people that the already majority in the r- people in the room hate yeah. Donald Trump, right? And the people that dislike this Hollywood elitism that just fueled them for their opinion anyway. So. Yeah. It kind of doesn't matter because we're already all in our corners. Nobody was like, huh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. 
Um, but at the same time, I don't have a problem with it. I like it. I like her, and I liked what she said. So um, that's, I mean, anything else you got about the, the Golden Globes? No. Um, the girl winning for L. Oh, I actually like went back and watched that. Oh yeah, to watch. It's a very disturbing movie. Okay, she was really good, and she'll probably be nominated. But uh, foreign press, foreign. no, like who's seen that movie? I can't imagine one third of the people in that. I'd, I'd say about one third of the people in that whole audience have seen that movie. Or even less than that. It's a, uh, I don't know. It's a it's a disturbing movie, and it's usually movies that don't win awards. Is she good? Yeah, she's good. Okay. What language? French. Yeah. French. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you see Jackie? I saw Jackie. Did you think that she should have won? She was good. All right, well, I think uh, yeah, I think she should have won. We'll get into Jackie, I guess, maybe off air, but yeah, I like Jackie, Jackie, even though nobody looks like anybody in the movie. That's a problem. It was an interesting. All right, looks like we're gonna get into it. <laughs> it was inter- <laughs> very interesting, uh, different way of telling a story. Sure, it was like a horror movie. Yeah, it was very shocking at moments, and, and it's like, Bing! yeah, and, big uh, noise. Just how quickly people are ready to move on. Like the scene where she's just in her house and looks over and sees the new mm-hmm. first lady, like picking out all the changing, all of her ideas that she had. Cause they just put them up and now it's, they're out. Yeah. Like stuff like that was interesting. I want to know how much of it is true. Right. Um, but yeah, there was some, the assassination scene was crazy. That was kind of gory. Yeah. Or how about the scene where she like ran into the uh, autopsy room? I want to know if that was true because that's nuts. Right. Like, who wants to see that? <laughs> I read some of the Life magazine from uh, the interview. I read about the writer, the guy Billy Crudup played, and all that in that interview. Um. Yeah, I mean, I just I thought it was good. I like I like the color and the way it was shot and the. The random strings, like to give it that eerie horror feeling. I really thought that was a cool way to 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 present Especially that when story. She's like walking around with the priest, yeah, it's very like weird. Like yeah. it was like a like a it was eerie. Like, yeah, it was good. That does. I mean, it just gave it a, it gave it a tone. That movies like Hacksaw Ridge and Hidden Figures, which are fine, but they just play to story story. And, you know, like, this this Disney-ish way of telling the story. Like, oh, we're all going to get it in the end. You know, this is, like, totally a different... Well, we, agree, we disagree on Axel Ridge. But. Right. But, um, but anyway, so... Didn't know we were going to go into Jackie, but I, uh, I guess that leaves us with one last thing. I'm trying to find a good transition. So, when he gets shot, all of a sudden <laughs> he can't see. It's as if he was eating in... The dark. That's right. It's as if he went to Opaque, our so, restaurant review of a restaurant we've never been to. So I've always been, like, fascinated with this whole dining in the dark thing. And a lot of cities, even if you don't live in Los Angeles, have this experience 
Why don't you explain a little bit more, like, uh, with a little better introduction? To it. So what, what are we going to... So discuss? basically these restaurants... What are they, they're called? They're, well, they have different names, okay. but most of them have... They revolve around opaque, or they have, like, some sort of dining-in-the-dark name to it. And basically what you do is you show up, and it's really expensive. I think it's, like, $100 a person before drinks. And they I can, take, I can tell you they, they take you into this room... And they sit you down and they go, it's a prefix menu, most places, where you can have either a vegetarian menu, um, a protein menu, or a surprise menu, which means that you have no clue what you're eating. The cost for the set menu is $99. Um, the current one in Los Angeles, I have their menu right here. You get your choice of the chicken breast, the salmon, the rigatoni, or the filet mignon. Oh, I can already feel like the rigatoni is a bad way to go. <laughs> Why? Well, the sauce getting all yeah. over you? Um, so basically, after you pick, you pick the menu that you want, there's a waiter that comes out, and they're all blind. Everybody at the that works at this place are blind waiters. And they lead you arm in arm through the restaurant, and you sit down. And then they start bringing all this stuff out to you. Now, there's videos online of these chefs, like, plating, like, beautiful plates of food before they bring it out. And I'm just like, why? Just throw shit on a plate. <laughs> no one's, no one's going to ever see what you're plating. I don't know. So, where do you think, in the culinary arts, a chef that works in an opaque restaurant, like, ranks... Like, is it at the bottom of the list? <laughs> Below Fry Cook? Can I tell you that my first, my first question I wrote down is, where did they find their staff? <laughs> that, was, that was my first question, because I read also that, yeah, that everyone is visually impaired. I saw a little bit on it when I was looking for a video thing, and I actually felt really bad about that, because these people were telling, like, the rough stories about growing up, like, you know, this is a good opportunity and chance for them. To do something they love. And I was like, well, I guess I shouldn't be teasing this. But at the same time, that's a very good point. Why bother plating it? I mean, you don't know what you're eating, which I think you'd do horrible at this. Well, I was going to get it. Like I said, you can pick, you know. Yeah, but you pick what you want, but you still cannot see it. Right. But if I know what I'm getting, I'll like be a, okay. They also have. What if there's something on it? It tells you what's on it. No, but I mean, like, something you don't know. Imagine getting the surprise menu. Well, that's what I was going to say. There's a mystery meal you can yeah. order. There's no chance in hell I'd ever order the mystery meal. <laughs> the mystery meal. I eat, like, six things in this world. None of them would be on that mystery meal no. point. I can just guarantee you that. I feel like everyone walks out of there with, like, shit all over their clothes, too. Like, just, <laughs> just a mess. I mean, how many people have knocked over their drinks? <laughs> and what happens when someone knocks over their drinks? Like, That's true. It's like, you have, how, do, how does someone, like, come over and clean this up? You have no clue, like, if it's all over you. You're just walking on broken glass to your table. Like, you order a martini, you know. I feel like very... it has to be every night that someone knocks something over or breaks something. Don't what you if, think? What if you need to put salt and pepper on your meal? You have to slowly, like, reach out and make sure you don't, like, hit anything and find the pepper and the salt. You don't know which is which. 
Maybe it's, I don't know. I don't know how you do it. Maybe it's got a pee on it and you're supposed to touch it. Um, yeah. But also, like, I think people, when you're in there, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing that you overcompensate for not being able to see with your other senses. So I feel like everyone's just yelling at each other. Because you don't know, <laughs> you don't know how far away you are from everybody. So if I have, like, if we have a table of four, and the person, you don't know how big the table is. Right. I mean, I'm sure once you sit down, you kind of feel feel around to see what your surroundings are. But you're still, like, when I'm, like, sitting with you at a concert or, or a restaurant, you talk by some of your inflection is by the proximity that you are to the person. So if you're farther away, I got to yell. Right. So how do I know in the dark how far away you are? I feel like it's just such an allowed experience. Like everyone's just yelling. And how many people sitting in there just go, it's so dark. Um, what happens if you have to go to the bathroom? Oh, that's a good. You ask the waiter to lead you out. Yeah. Right. Is that, or do you just make your way bump? Excuse me. Sorry. Excuse me. Sorry. You, don't, you don't get up. No. <laughs> That's just a cause of disaster. But I'm sure there's there like there have been which I've read like people having like cluster, like issues in there. Where oh they, really? Where they have to leave. Um. So let me ask you: Is there any chance that you would go? Well, you know, we're talking about it. You've obviously taken an interest in it. What are the odds of getting you to an opaque restaurant to go have dinner? Well, don't you think it's like the biggest waste of money of all time or no? I don't know. I mean, you've been talking about this for 10 years. <laughs> so you're obviously very curious about it. Well, my birthday's coming up. Maybe that's what we do for the birthday. I think it's not a bad idea. Like just, it's, it's, we can come back and you can report on your experience in Opaque and every generalization you had that they probably thought of and have well taken care of. It would definitely <laughs> be an experience. <laughs> Um, uh, if yeah. any of our uh, listeners, all five of you, have been to a <laughs> been to an opaque restaurant, we'd love to hear your thoughts. <laughs> uh, actually, no. It's better to have this generalization about it where we can make comedy when, rather than be like, no, that's not what happens. Um, also, do you feel like you'd be on the defensive mode? Like you wouldn't be able to relax the whole time? Oh, yeah. I mean, what? So how does that affect your experience? Because if someone like rubs up against you, like, and you're just like, like freak you out, <laughs> like you have no clue what's going on. Like, honestly, I'm like the worst eater, worst person to eat with. So anything that, that becomes about tasting your food better is probably not something that was geared towards me. Uh, but and my other question is <laughs> so I think I'm the wrong guy to ask but I'll keep going how many dates like end up in groping things like people just sitting there like in the dark like doing some sort of crazy shit going on I don't think that's happening oh, I think it's happening I, I, I it's people have to be able to see in the room no no one sees I mean I know there's an infrared thing yeah, so you're uh, not going to be, like, getting busy. At no, dinner. I'm not saying getting busy, but there's definitely some some, some things going on. I'm just saying. What, what things do you think are going on? <laughs> there's some things going on. 
I don't know. I feel like it's you'd be like so on at, on the edge of your seat the whole time. It would take away from what you're eating. That was my, my biggest takeaway. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I think we should try it. And we should report back to this audience about if it was, you know, I, I like your generalizations about it. I find them comical. But I think that um, it'll be a lot more enjoyable for you than, than you expect. And also using a fork and knife would be, like, really hard. <laughs> you start slicing your finger. I know. You really have to, like, feel your food to see where it's at before you cut into it. Yeah, cutting food would be tough. That's true. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Like, so th- I still don't have an answer for me. Do you want to go? I would go for the experience, yes. Okay. Maybe we'll report on that. At a future time. All right. Well, um, that's it for this week's, right? I guess. Do you want? Do you want to play one of your songs to play us out? Um, Are you not geared up for that? I'm not geared up. Um, okay. Well, uh, please again give us your feedback. <laughs> please once again give us your feedback on. <laughs> the show and uh, next week we'll have three new subjects hopefully we don't go as long as we did today and And we'll uh, have six more songs to talk about (laughs) until then thank you for listening I'm Scott this is Jason and we'll uh, we'll see see you next week